You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. We gave the last two out first service, and uh, that's, that's a win to me. That means 250 people are saying, we're going to read uh, through the New Testament, and, and let me just ask you a question real quick. Any of you in here that, are, that you've been reading, well, let, me, let me start with this question. How many of you have read in these last four weeks more in the New Testament than you ever have in your entire life? Just raise your hand if you've done that. Awesome. Big hand. Let's, let's just give them a hand. I think that's amazing. Yeah. First service, we had many people that, that raised their hands. Now, my second question, have you read something in the New Testament that maybe made you go, wow, or, or you had never seen before? Anyone read something that you're like, man, I never seen that before? Can you, will you do me a big favor? On your connection card, can you put down uh, for us what that was, what was that kind of life change, that, that game changer for you, or maybe a question that you may have, so that we can uh, look at those, and then possibly as a, the series goes on, we can touch on some of the things that, that God's doing in your life. Uh, it's just, it, I think it'll be a real blessing. And we are going through different themes of the New Testament. Remember, I started and I said, uh, this is what changes your life, the Word of God. This is what changes our lives. Uh, my, my words, if they're not based on this, they won't change your life. They might pep you up. Uh, they might make you feel good. But this, this word, the word of God, is what changes our lives. And I also said this, which is very important. I said if, if I or anyone else preaches something that is not going along with the word, you believe the word instead of what they tell you. Amen? The word never changes. People's opinions, people's philosophies, they change constantly, right? And so that's so vital. We're going to talk today about a theme in the Bible that is maybe the most important to you because it's, we're going to talk about what is the, the theme that gets us saved. How are we saved? And what does that even mean? What does it mean to be saved? You heard people say, I'm saved. I, I gave my life to God. I'm saved. What does salvation mean? We will be talking about a theme called grace, okay? What, what is grace? And I'm just going to kind of start out by saying grace, uh, the, the definition is unmerited favor. It's, it's, it's receiving something that you, ne- you didn't work for. You, you, you can't earn it in your own abilities. It's given to us by God. Um, <clears throat> I want to start out with this. Um, in 1725, there was a man that was born. His name was John Newton. And John Newton, uh, his mother loved God, and his father was a captain of ships. So he would go into the sea, and he would, uh, he would take ships out and take crews out. His grandfather, on his mom's side, was a musician. But not only was he a musician, he was a maker of instruments. So he built instruments. But something happened to John at the age of seven. A tragedy happened. And how many of us know that when tragedy happens in our lives, it can change the course of our lives? Anyone, anyone realize that? That when tragedies, when things happen, it can change the course of our life. And so uh, John's mother wanted him and, and prayed over him to, for him to be a mighty man of God. But John's mother died at the age when he was 
uh, about to reach the age of seven from tuberculosis. And when that happened, it completely altered his life. And so from seven until about 11, he was struggling. And at 11 years of age, he told his dad, I want to go out to the sea with you. I want to, I want to go out. I want to be like you. And so he went out, and he became one of the crew members. And at 11, he began to learn what it was to go out to sea and became, became very proficient at that vocation to the point that he became a sea captain, uh, a, a ship captain, and he was able to do all these things. But all during this time, his heart became hardened to the things of God and became open to the things of the world. And he began to live a life of, uh, of promiscuity, became to live a life, you know, of, of, of womanizing. He had a very vulgar tongue. In fact, he got kicked out of one of the ships because he was so arrogant and he was so harsh with people that they didn't want nothing to do with him. As time went on, he became a, 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 a slave trader, and he would go to Africa, and John Newton would bring back slaves, and he would treat them harshly. He didn't care about people because of what had happened to, him, to himself and, and what had happened to his mom. And not only did he not care about people, but he didn't care about God. Then came a time in his life when he was empty, when he was at the end of himself, and he welcomed and opened up his heart to Jesus Christ. And Jesus began to change him from the inside out. And John, instead of being an enemy of God, he became a proponent of God. He became a, a one who followed Jesus. And he wrote a song, and we sing it. Everyone knows this song. He, he wrote a song called Amazing Grace. And he said, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He said, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And John Newton knew from firsthand how God's grace had saved a wretch and how God's goodness uh, became, became available to him. He knew who he was without Jesus. And, and, and I, I really believe that all of us that understand who we are without God and how wretched and how our sin is, is, is so despicable, when we find Jesus and the grace that comes through Jesus, the unmerited favor, it changes our life forever. It changed this man's life forever. He became a pastor. He became a songwriter, a writer of hymns. And, and those songs are still changing the lives of people. In fact, when is the last time that you sang Amazing Grace? And when you did, did it do something to your soul? When you sang Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was this wretched person. I was blind, but now I see. And you verbalize that, and it changes your whole life. You see, the grace of God completely transforms us because we are so undeserving of his love and restoration. When we grab a hold of the fact that we don't deserve what God gave us, it changes our lives forever. And so today I want to talk about three things that you only find in Jesus and you only find in his amazing grace. And we're going to go to the Bible. We're going to go to our New Testaments, okay? We're going to read exactly what it says to us. And this, this passage will clearly give us an understanding of what it is to be saved and what it is to stay saved. What it is to receive grace and how to live in grace. 
okay? Can you lose your salvation? You know, I have a lot of people write uh, on their connection cards week after week, I made a choice to follow Jesus. I made a choice to follow Jesus. I made a choice to follow Jesus. You know, I, I, I made a choice to follow Jesus. I'm receiving Jesus as my Savior today. And uh, a lot of times it's, it, people write that over and over and over again because throughout the week you may think, I lost my salvation. I, 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 I've messed up and, and, and I'm not saved anymore because I, I treated my wife wrong. I, I talked to my husband the wrong way. I, I, I cussed during the week. I did this. I did this. I did that. But we're going to see what, what does the Bible say about salvation. And once you're saved, are you saved forever? That's important. Amen? It's the difference between living a life of condemnation and living a life of restoration. It's a difference about living a life of pride or living a life of humility. And so we're going to see exactly what the, what, what the Bible says. Um, uh, so here, here's the first thing that I want you to know. You can only find this in Jesus. You find needed grace. If we didn't need the grace of God, Jesus would never have come to this earth. Okay? If we didn't need his salvation, Jesus would never have come to this earth. Uh, think about all the things that you need in your life. Many things may come to your mind. Benny talked about hunting, se- hunting season. You might think, I need a bow I need a, I, for archery. I need a, I need a rifle for, for, for the, the rifle hunt. I need golf clubs. I need uh, a new car. I need a new house, or I need all this. But can I tell you that the cross of Jesus points us to the necessity of a Savior. The cross of Jesus, when Benny talked about the blood and how important the blood, that do not lose focus, don't, do not lose sight of the blood, it tells us there's a necessity for a Savior. A lot of times we tell people, follow your heart. You know what, have you, you know, just follow your heart. Uh, it'll tell you what to do. That's the worst advice you could ever give anybody. Did you know that? Jeremiah wrote this. Jeremiah said this. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? In other words, our hearts without God is, 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 will lead us places that we're going to be like, what in the world did I do? In our own abilities, in our own merit, in our own strength, we, we, we are led to places that we, it, it, we just really mess up our lives. Anyone ever messed up their lives because they follow their heart? That, that's why John Newton wrote, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He said, I, I did it my way, and my way didn't work. I followed my heart, and my heart led me to places that I shouldn't have gone. So now I want us to pull out our New Testaments. If we have it, uh, pull out your book, and we're going to go to page 208. If you don't have uh, your book and you've got your Bible, and it's going to be on your outline, uh, go to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. But if you've got your, your, your book, please go here, okay? I think it would be wonderful for us to do it together. And we're going to go to the second paragraph. And we're going to see what the Word says. It says there, as for you, he's talking to the church in Ephesus, but he's also talking to the church in Oracle. He says, as for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So that's past tense, right? You were dead in your transgressions and sins. So that tells us that in our sins and before God, before Christ, 
we all need to be revived, right? And there, there's a theme in the Bible that says you need to be born again. Anyone ever heard that? You need to be born again. In fact, in, in, in about three weeks, um, we're going to have Dr. Gary Kinneman with us, and he's going to be talking about the importance of being born again. I said, Gary, I want you to teach on this, and I think it's going to be one of the best teachings you've ever heard, okay? Uh, so it says here, you were dead in your, in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Who would that be? Satan, okay, so, so now you're, you're understanding that there's another entity in the, in the playing field of life. He said, you used to follow the ways of the world, and the world follows the ruler of the kingdom of the air, which is Satan, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Okay, so before we came to Christ, we just followed that. That's the way we lived. We lived in the ways of the world. We followed the, the spirit of the air, which is Satan, which is the enemy. All of us, and now he puts himself in the same category, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Any of us ever struggled with that? Right? Job wrote in, 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 in chapter 31, verse 1, he said, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look at lust uh, at a young woman. That's what Job wrote. Why did he write that? Because there's a struggle that people have. I know, no, I know there's no men in, in second service that struggle with any lust. That's first service and copper corridor. But, you know, that's something that, that we deal with. I'm just kidding. All of us deal. And the, the, the cravings, right, the cravings of, of, uh, and the, of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. How many of you had a bad thought in your life? How many of you had a bad thought on your way to church? You don't have to raise your hand, right? It's what the Bible says. There's a need for, for grace. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of what? Of punishment, deserving of wrath. In other words, when you do things that are wrong, there is a, there's, a, there's a penalty that comes with it. So that teaches us that there's a need for grace because life is sometimes messed up. And sometimes we ourselves mess our lives up. Correct? I love the way that Max Lucado put it. Uh, Max said this. He said, the meaning of life, the wasted years of life, the poor choices of life, God answers the mess of life with one word, grace. You see, the cross that, 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 that we talk about, the cross of Jesus, it points us to the realization of how bad we are and how good God is. That's where humility starts. That's where healing and restoration and especially forgiveness starts when we recognize how needy we are and how good God is. You see, nothing can ever happen with that, without that foundation. The foundation that I need a Savior. The foundation that when I look at my own life, when I look at my own heart, that I'm so far from God that I'm wretched, as John Newton sang about, that I need a Savior. We were dead in our transgressions means that we broke the rule. We, we, we broke the law. Any of you uh, ever broken a, a, a regulation? Any of you ever, ever been driving? So I got this app now, right? It's called the Waze app. I'm not plugging it, but it's a great app. 
and I, I use it to drive. It tells you when there's a wreck, when you're on the road. It tells you whenever there's uh, uh, maybe debris on the road. It tells you everything, so I'm driving. It also tells you my speed limit, and whenever I go over the speed limit, it goes in red, blinking. You're over the speed limit. I somehow ignore that. <laughs> well, I have a son-in-law that's a state trooper, and I ask him the important question like, how much over the speed limit can I go before you would stop me? And I know you would stop me, right? And so, you know, he tells you, well, you, you know, they can do it. They can stop you for going uh, one over, but they usually don't stop you. Anyway, I'm, I'm not going to go into that because this is being, this is being, reco this is being recorded. But the reality, we were dead in our transgressions means that we broke the rule, we, we broke the law, we violated the rule of conduct, we were, we were dead in our sins, we were born into this, this, this death uh, uh, identity because our grandfather, way, way, way back, Adam, he sinned, and so we all inherit this original sin and we're, we're born dead in our sins. Not only the Ten Commandments, but, but every ordinance, every rule of man, we, we fall short and we violate it. That's why the gospel is good news. When I talked about how people need to hear the good news, the gospel is good news. The gospel says that Jesus paid it all so that we could be accepted in him. You see, God's grace is the bridge that leads us to his love and his acceptance. We're born into the world and we live our lives following the, the ways of the world and, and the ruler of this age, Satan, deceives people to believe that they don't need God, right? We, we, we believe the lie of the devil when he tells us that you're good in your own self. Have you ever heard someone tell you, you know what, I'm not, I'm not that bad, I'm a good person. But the cross points to us and says, you're not. Because if there was anyone that's good and that could go to heaven by being good, then Jesus would not have needed to die. If there was someone good in this service, say, say uh, you know, Mike West, he's a pretty good guy. I haven't seen very many people as good as Mike West. And that's the truth. I'm speaking this by, 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 by me being around him for 20 plus years. But if, but if we could be saved through acting like Mike West, then Jesus died in vain. Or Benny Silva, you know, Benny came up here, he gave a testimony. He didn't give a testimony, he gave a testimony. And he, and he stood up and, and, and he did all this. And, and, and if, Benny, if Benny could save himself, if he, if he would have said, you know what, you know, he got this ribbon, and if you remember the ribbon, and you tie this red ribbon round the old oak tree, if you still love me, Right? And Benny would have tied this ribbon and, and, and said, you know what, if you follow, you know, I'm a, good, I'm a good person. If you follow me, you'll be able to go to heaven. But Benny said, I, I tie that ribbon because I, I, I cannot forget and lose sight of the blood. And the blood was shed because all of us need grace. Right? We, we live our lives trying to gratify our flesh and following the desires of our thoughts. And outside of Christ, that's what we did. And in my reading, and, and probably you guys in your reading, you get to 1 Corinthians, and Paul says, it's not our job to judge the world. 
It's our, jo- it's our job to encourage each other in here and to build each other up in the church and to call each other and say, you can do better than that because the world don't know any better. But we have the gospel that leads us and directs us. Amen? Our habits, let's think about our habits. Our habits are, are so far away from God before Christ. And has anyone in here, and you've given your life to Jesus and your life begins to change one day at a time? The things that you could do, you don't do anymore. The way that you live, the way that you talk, you begin to change the way you talk. And that speaks to us and said, it's because you needed grace. And that grace that was given to you is unmerited favor. We deserved uh, judgment. We deserved condemnation. But the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that anyone who will, hear me now, anyone who will believe in him will have everlasting or eternal life and an abundant life. And then it goes on and it says this, for his son did not come into the world to condemn the world, but his son came into the world to save us. You see, that is the, the, the greatest news that you could ever hear. The reality is that we all deserve wrath, but God gave us favor. We all deserve death. We all deserve condemnation, but God gave us his son. God bankrupt heaven and poured it, that, that, that grace into the earth to save us. And that's the second thing you need to understand. This is what you only find in Jesus is saving grace. Saving grace. You see, the whole thrust of the New Testament is about being saved by grace. It's, it's, it's in the Old Testament as well. When it talks about Abraham, it said, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. It wasn't by his actions because Abraham did things that, that would never have got him into heaven. His actions were he lied about his wife. He said, tell him that you're not my wife because if you tell him that you're my wife, they're going to kill me. So he saved his hide two times by saying to Sarah, tell him that you're not my wife. And so the reality is he needed God's grace and he received God's grace. The, the, the grace of Jesus is so sweet, it's so good, that it completely changes our soul. It satisfies our hearts. It satisfies that longing that we need. I want you to think with me about the worst thing that you've ever done in your life. I want you to think with me about that, that thing that you hide in the, in the, in the most uh, hiddenest place in your heart. Maybe the thing that you try to put in the most secret part of your soul. You don't let anyone in there. It's been a dark place or it is a dark place. And then you read this scripture into it. If we, we continue reading what it says, and it says this, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, he made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. Tell your, tell your neighbor that. It is by grace that you have been saved. 
And God raised us up with Christ, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In other words, when you put your trust in Jesus, when you say, Lord Jesus, I am going to follow you from this day forward, at that time, God positioned you with Christ in the heavenlies. The whole first part of this, this uh, letter right here to the church in Ephesus talks about how we're in Christ. Before the foundation of the world, God chose us to be holy and blameless in him. Before you ever did anything right, you're accepted in him, in the beloved. He says, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. In other words, his grace is never limited. His grace always will meet the need of the day. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Now, it talks about God being rich in mercy. What does mercy mean? What is the meaning of mercy? Mercy is getting what we don't deserve. You see, I deserve condemnation for all the things I've done in my life, for, for the way that I, I, I was with my wife before I got saved, for the way that I even parented my children, for the way that I talked to people, for the way that I said things and, and the way that I thought about people. I deserve condemnation, but God gave me restoration because he's rich in mercy. I deserve judgment. I deserve to be judged. I deserve to be said, look at how bad you are. Look at everything that you've done. But instead of judgment, Jesus was judged for me. And through his cross, God offered me forgiveness. I didn't deserve it. His mercy offers it to me. And he's rich in mercy. He never runs out of mercy. Every single day, there's mercy for me. Every single day, there's mercy for me so that I can have mercy for others. For the ones that I think they deserve condemnation, for the ones that I think they deserve judgment, God says, give them mercy. And what is grace? Grace is getting what you didn't earn. I didn't work for it. I didn't work for God's grace. It's unmerited favor. It's, it's giving me favor without my ability to earn it. And that's why every religion falls short. Every major religion, there's, there's, you can put thousands of religions on one side and then Christianity stands alone. Let me tell you why. Every religion says this is what we can do for God. If I pray five times during the day and if I face a, a certain city, there's a religion that says if you face a certain city and if you now, if you kneel down at a certain time, we've had people that parked here before. They've come and, and, and they've said, I gotta face, this is a holy place. I got to face this certain place. If I pray five, if you don't pray five times a day, you have, un, you have not earned your salvation because it's up to you. There, there, there's there's, there's denominations, there's, there's people that get it skewed. If you dress a certain way, then you're going to be holy. Or if you pray a certain way, if you light a candle, if you put some money when you light a candle, if you, if you, if you go to a certain person uh, uh, and you go before a statue and you pray before this statue, because see, this person uh, depicts someone that lived holy, and, and, and you're not as holy as them. So if you go and you, and you go pray to this person, they'll go to Jesus, and then Jesus will go to the Father. But it's dependent on what you do, what you can do instead of what God has done. And the Bible teaches us clearly that there's one intercessor, there's one mediator between God and man, and that is a man, Christ Jesus. And that when you go to God through Jesus, he listens to everything that you're going through. You see, but grace is always unearned. 
Grace is given to you as a gift. And we all need it to be saved. No other religion will save you. Only a person will save you, and that's Jesus Christ. Or else his words when he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. They mean nothing if you could do it on your own. And so what happens is people, they, 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 they get saved through, through the cross and they try to stay saved by doing their own work. And so people live condemned or people live prideful. It's all about his grace. It's all about him. God's grace is never limited. It never runs out. And that's why it's so radical. And that's why it's so amazing. And that's why it's so life-changing. You'll know when someone walks in grace because they're just something about them. They're just so excited about, about what God, not about themselves. Paul told uh, the leaders in, 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 this same, in this same letter, he, he talked to the leaders and he said, some of, he said, let me just warn you guys, uh, let me warn you guys that there's going to be some shepherds that will come and they're going to distort this gospel. They're going to lead some people astray. The gospel is always good news. Remember that. It's never bad news. Jesus is never bad news. It's never condemning. It's never, it's never uh, judgmental. It's always, it's always uh, for us, not against us. Okay. And Paul says there's going to be some, some people, some wolves that are going to come in from the outside and they're going to distort this gospel. And then he said, but there's going to be some wolves that are going to come from the inside and they're going to distort this gospel, telling you that you, can get, that you have to stay saved on your own. And then he said this, he said in, in verse 32, he says, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and, and give you an inheritance among all those who are being sanctified, of all those who have been set apart. His grace is what keeps us. His, his grace is, is what saves us. But can I tell you, let me, let me tell you something. I write this down because I was driving the other day. The Lord gave me this. You see, the grace of God wakes me up in the morning. The grace of God keeps me throughout the day. The grace of God puts me to sleep at night. It's never by my own ability. It's never by my own works. It's never by my own merit. It's always by what he's done for me. Every morning I need his grace. Every morning I understand that every breath I take is a gift from him. Every good word that I speak into someone's life is a good word, is a word from him. Every time my wife and I have coffee together, it's by his grace that we're able to speak blessings into our lives and pray for people. And when I go to sleep at night, I don't have to be under condemnation of what I didn't do and how I didn't measure up. It's his grace that puts me to sleep and lets me rest in his good works and in his labor. You can't save yourself, beloved. You can't save yourself by your good deeds. And you can't keep yourself saved by your good deeds. It's only through the grace 
of Jesus Christ that we're saved. The last thing is just as important. Not only does it, does it uh, uh, save, save us, but it keeps us saved. It's a keeping grace. It's a keeping grace. To keep is to, to retain, is to, is to hold on to. God holds on to me through his grace. He knows how, how messed up I am. He knows all the things I'm going to do. He knew Peter from, from the beginning. Jesus knew Peter. You know, Peter, uh, Peter says, Lord, I, uh, they might des- desert you. I'll never desert you. I'll stand by your side. Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And think about it. Let's just think about what the, what the rooster did. Cock-a-doodle-doo. One. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Two. Cock-a-doodle-did. Three. Every time. Peter was denying the Lord. But Jesus loved him. And Jesus kept him by his grace. And Jesus loves me and he keeps me by his grace. Now, now look at what, what, how he ends this, this beautiful paragraph on 208. My prayer is that you guys will mark it up and you guys will own it. This is what changes your life. If you understand this, when, when you're in the world and you're condemned and you mess up, because all of us mess up. Or someone messes us up, right? You can go back to this. It says right here, for it is by grace that you've been saved. How? Through faith. By believing. It doesn't say anything about works. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no person can boast. Let me say something to you. If, if heaven is about what people have done and if it's about what, what they've accomplished, and it's about them bragging about all the good things that they've done, heaven becomes hell. Could you imagine if all of you in here and me, and we all talked about all, all the things that we've done, after a while we're going to say, get over yourself. You ain't all that in a bag of chips. The only one that will receive glory in heaven is Jesus Christ. Because he humbled himself and became like us. And he didn't toot his own horn. It was the father when he got baptized. The father, he said these words, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. You see, in heaven, we're all going to applaud all the good things that Jesus has done. He he goes on, he says this, um, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork. Another translation says masterpiece. And what that word means in the original Greek is it's poema. It's where we get the word poem. God is writing a poem about us. We're God's poem. He, he goes on, not by work so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Every good thing that we've done has been prepared by God. Everything that we're going to do on November 4th has been prepared by God. Did you know that before we ever put it on the calendar, God said, you're going to go out into the community and you're going to change people's lives through me and for me. The grace of God not only saves you, but it also keeps you saved. Once you're saved, you don't lose it. The only way that you lose it, if it was dependent on you or me, we would lose it. 
But it's not dependent on us. It's dependent on what Jesus has done on the cross. And as long as we believe and we trust in him, he continues to change our hearts. He's got these good works set up for us so that we can bring glory to him. So I'm at La Casita the other day. And you know, guys know I go to, love to go to La Casita. I might go in a little while over there. And I'm at La Casita and I'm walking out. And this guy was walking out with me. And we were, I was talking with someone. Um, and we were laughing. And this guy starts joining the conversation. I'd never seen him before. And we got into this conversing. And I said, where are you from? He said, well, I'm from back east, but I moved to San Manuel about a year ago. He said, and uh, I, um, I said, well, what caused you to come to San Manuel, this beautiful town? Why would, why would you come? And he said to me, uh, I've got stage four uh, cancer, very, very, very rare form of cancer. And there's four, four uh, very uh, elite cancer centers in the nation, and, and Tucson is one of them. I don't know if you know that, but Tucson is one of them. And he said, so I can't, we moved down. It's very affordable here in San Manuel. I got this nice place. He said, I got this cancer. As soon as he said cancer, my mind just started racing. And I'm listening to what he's saying, but my mind is racing. And I, as we got done talking, I said, do you mind if I pray with you? Do you mind if I pray, pray with you for this cancer? He said, I'd love for you to pray. Put his head down, and we prayed right there in the parking lot. I said, Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you touch him. I pray against his cancer, Lord. I pray for the doctors. I just pray that you will do the, the work that only you can do. We pray this in Jesus' name. And he just, his heart was just stirred, and, and my heart was stirred. But can I tell you that, that that good work was prepared by God before I was born. And I could have just said, oh, you got cancer. You know, that's too bad. I could have shaken his hand. Or I could have said, you know what, Lord, I'm, I want to be your vessel. But there's people in here. There's, you, you guys are God's vessels. And it's by his grace. It's, it's, it's a gift from God. He's gifted you with your ability. He's gifted you with your life. He's gifted you with you, being able to overcome what you've overcome. The alcohol, the drugs, the, 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 the sexual pr- pr- uh, promiscuity, the, all these things that we're overcoming, it is through the grace of God. It's a gift from God. God's grace we need. God's grace will save us, but God's grace will keep us saved to eternity. And anytime we make it about us, we're losing the focus of the blood. And we're thinking that we can do it in our own ability. Paul said this in in another place to the Corinthians. He said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove in vain. I labored even more than all the apostles, yet not I. It wasn't me. It was the grace of God with me. You see, there's nothing that we do in our own ability. There's nothing that we can do in our own ability. John said this, "For for of his fullness... We have all received and grace upon grace for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Not 90% grace, 100% grace, not 80% truth, but 100% truth. The truth of the matter is that Jesus is the savior of mankind and you're not. You're not the savior of mankind. You're not the savior of yourself. It's Jesus. And not only does he save you and it's true, but he'll keep you saved from today or the day that you got saved forever. And that's the most beautiful thing in the world. 
doesn't matter how many candles you light. It doesn't matter how many statues you get in front. It doesn't matter how many mountains you climb. It doesn't matter how many promises you make. It matters that you believe in the Savior and his name is Jesus Christ and he saved you and he'll keep you saved forever. That's good news, beloved. That's good news. That's how much he loves you. But see, here's a big lie. Here's a big lie. The big lie is that you know what, I, 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 I've got to do something in my, in my own ability. I've got to do something myself because it's not that easy. It wasn't that easy. You need to understand that. It wasn't that easy. It took Jesus' life. It took his pain. It took his hurt for you and for me to change your life completely for his glory. It's grace and grace alone. It's grace and grace alone. Now, if you're here today and you've never said, God, I need you in my life. I, I want to follow you. And you heard this message. And this is, this is not my word. This is his word. You can read this in, in, in any Bible. The same thing that I read, you can read it in any Bible. You can go to, to uh, you know, you can read it in the NIV. You can read it in the, in the New American Standard. You can read it in the, in the uh, uh, Jerusalem Bible, which is the, the Catholic Bible. You can read it in any Bible. This is the word of God. And God is calling some of you and saying, I want to give you my grace. I want to gift you with my grace. It's time for you to take my hand. It's time for you to follow me forever. Can we pray? Father, thank you for the amazing grace which comes through Jesus Christ. And I confess that I need it today because it saves me today. And it keeps me saved for the rest of my life into eternity. In fact, Lord, my eternity doesn't start when I die. My eternity starts the day I believe in Jesus Christ. And I, cho I choose to follow Jesus and welcome the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. And if that's you today, if, that, if, you're, if you're in here and, and you've never prayed the prayer where you say, I choose to follow Jesus and I, and I choose to welcome the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, God is meeting you right now. The Holy Spirit is, is meeting you. You're saying, yes, that's me. And, and God is right now, he's meeting you right there. And, and he's coming into your soul. He's coming into your heart. He's coming into your life. He's, he's beginning that, that regeneration. He's beginning that holiness right now. He's cleansing. He's cleansing you of your past. He's paving your future. And he's securing your present. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Oh, how he loves you. Just receive that today. Receive that. Say, Jesus, I receive you. I choose to follow you. I, I give my life to you right now. Just say that. Say, that's me. And let God do his work. And for the rest of us, let, let's leave today with the understanding that grace, it's all about grace. Grace, grace, grace. From grace to grace, full of grace, full of truth of Jesus. 
Let him just pour into you right now. As we sing the song, Oh, How He Loves, just let him just saturate you with his grace. And don't go back to works. Don't go back to trying to save yourself. Don't, uh, don't go back to trying in your own ability to, to stay saved or to, 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 to stay righteous. It's not in you. He, he imputes righteousness. He, he lavishes you with grace. He, he saturates you with love. Walk in that. Let him just change your life. Amen? Let's all stand up and worship our King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.